Cool. All right. So Ben, uh, I'm going to let you take the first stab at your last name. I'm sure you get that all the time. Give us a uh, full yeah. name and title and company. It's uh, it's Ben Vanden Weimellenberg. It's uh, it's a long one. It's just how it's it's just how it's spelled, but it is long. And uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Woodchuck USA. Awesome, man. Uh, there's something that I know to be true. Like we get these crazy life experiences, and these experiences shape our beliefs. So, like, let's go right to the core here. What is something? Yeah. Like, what do you believe? What's something that you know to be true after your life's work so far? Ah, uh, man, uh, just uh, just com- just continuing to push yourself um, and understanding that failure is not fatal. Um, and just understanding that you can always get back up like Rocky Balboa. Um, (laughs) you you know, no matter what happens, you're never, you're never at the end. Is there a moment that you could recap where you feel like this, you solidified this belief? I mean, I feel like so many moments, um, I mean, weekly there are moments (laughs) that, uh, when you're pushing yourself, um, when, when you, when you realize how hard and how much you can push yourself, um, ideally, and, and hopefully you're able to push yourself that hard on a weekly or sometimes even daily basis where you're, where you're right at the edge, um, continuously, but realizing that that edge isn't the, the kind of end all be all edge, that that edge is going to continue to grow, that, that mountaintop is going to continue to grow. Um, but I mean, yeah, dude, like daily, uh, weekly sometimes, um, there is one, one time that, I mean, I, and I talk about this in, in the book, um, the world needs your effing ideas. Uh, this is one of kind of my favorite stories in there where I was at the edge, um, and luckily had an incredible mentor that I was able to call at the time. I'd been sued for the first time. And, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, quick backstory, me, I grew up small farm town, uh, in, in the middle of Wisconsin on the Eastern side of Wisconsin. And uh, I always thought people that got sued were either terrible people um, or were people that went to prison or went to jail uh, or that were going to have a terrible rest of their life. And, and um, I just remember getting sued that first time. And I called one of my mentors and I was totally distraught. I was totally, totally uh, kind of crushed. Just thought, you know, I'm going to have to work at McDonald's the rest of my life. Um, and I called him. And I said, hey, Ken, you know, I just got sued, man. And uh, I was standing outside of a liquor store in the middle of a kind of dingy street in California with my head up against this rusty pole, just kind of lurking around. And uh, he said, Ben, congratulations. I said, what do you mean, man? Like, I, I was at the edge. I was, I was done. I, I figured that this was done. He said, no, Ben, congratulations. And I was like, what in the hell? Uh, you know, Ken is one of my closest mentors and actually still one of my closest mentors today. And he said, no, Ben, congratulations. You made it to the next level. And I was like, man, is this guy on drugs? What is going on? And uh, he said, no. Do you know how many lawsuits the typical billionaire is dealing with? He said, typical billionaires are dealing with about 15 lawsuits at any time. He said, congratulations. You've made it to the next level. You've made it to the next step. You've graduated to the next level. And instantaneously, my mind was able to go from, oh, man, this is the worst situation, you know, most terrible thing possible to I'm going to be a millionaire. Uh, you know, I'm on my path to be a, a billionaire and, and change millions of lives. Um, with that instant, you know, my, my limit or my edge was that lawsuit. Luckily, I was able to surround myself and, and continue to surround myself with people that pushed that edge and pushed that mountaintop to a completely different level I didn't know was possible. So that, that's one of, my, one of my kind of most poignant times in my life where I, where I you know, remember that very vividly, that lesson. 
Mm. And, you know, from watching some of your talks on YouTube, two things that stand out right away, great storyteller, compliment you uh, on that skill that you have. And then also um, a lot of, you have a, um, like a reiterating theme of humbleness. And there's a lot, a couple of times when I've heard you say, you know, if I can do this, anyone can do this. And I think there's one podcast where you said, you know, I couldn't spell this one thing on an email, but if I can do this, you can do this type stuff. Like where does that humble nature come from and how has it helped you build Woodchuck? Yeah, totally, man. Um, you know, I grew up very humble beginnings. Uh, and I think my parents instilled, a. Uh, uh, a humbleness inside of me, um, in a, in a authenticness inside of me that, uh, has definitely helped me. And, and how has that helped? It, it, I think it comes back The humbleness comes back to being able to be a really good question asker. I think a lot of times if you think you're on the top, um, or if you feel like you're on the top, you're not able to ask uh, as many questions and be as, uh, inquisitive as, you know, you potentially could be. Um, I'm always all about asking questions, um, no matter what industry it is. I might know nothing about the industry. I might know nothing about the topic, but I'm a really big question asker. Um, and I think asking questions or becoming the best question asker, which is actually another one of my um, chapters in my book, I really dive into the power of asking questions and asking really good questions. Um, and that keeps me humble because I know the, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Mm. And uh you know, sourcing experts and getting experts uh, in different areas has definitely been um, uh, something that's happened out of me being a really good question asker. It is so true that the answers to whatever it is we're searching for asking, like they, they're in the heads of other people and you literally just have to ask as many people as you can to get those ideas out. Uh, well said. Um, for someone who's listened to this, that's in the business world, give us the quick breakdown. You know, I've heard you use a lot of cool business terms, uh, like triple bottom line. Give us the quick breakdown. What is Woodchuck as a business? What's its purpose? Uh, and give me just the full spectrum there on the business side of Woodchuck. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, totally. So the, the triple bottom line piece is, you know, we are here on this planet. Our mission um, which came from watching a Simon Sinek TED Talk. So those of you who are listening right now, if you haven't watched Simon Sinek's TED Talk, Start With Why um, or Golden Circle, Great Leaders Inspire Action, go watch that. If there's one thing you take from me uh, talking today, uh, actually there's two things. One is go buy my book or go buy my audio book, The World Needs Your Effing Ideas. And then the second one is go watch this Simon Sinek TED Talk. This totally changed my life. It's changed the lives of now millions of people, uh, not just because of our business, but because of so many other businesses who've adopted this idea of the why. And uh, the, the idea is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Our why is putting nature back into people's lives, bringing jobs back to the US and bringing quality back to products. This company, Woodchuck USA, is dedicated to those things. Um, literally every single week, our, one of our key metrics is how many trees did we plant this week? It's not how much profit we made, which yes, you, you need to make money. Uh, you need to make sales. You need to grow a business. You need in order to pay employees, you know, these typical business functions. Um, but our mission is how do we put nature back into people's lives? And right now, how we're doing that is we're reforesting the planet. Um, so 
our mission is so closely tied in with our business. It is our business, really. Um, and that mission is so closely tied in with how we hire people, how we reward people, what's going on um, in our company. Uh, and because it's the core and because it's the focus, everyone at the company is always driving towards that one singular mission, which is super, super key, especially when you're starting uh, you know, a business from scratch. Everyone's just got to be on the same page. When you first started, like talk about that same page. Like, was it just you with an idea and you woke up one morning and you had it? Or did you have a team from the get go or did you build that team? Yeah, I know the team was totally built. Um, so the, the company started, I was just drinking a beer in the architecture studio at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I was at the U, I, I was working a couple different jobs. And one of my jobs, I was basically making wood models for an architecture firm. And uh, late one night, I, I broke my iPhone 4, I shattered it, and uh, every time I'd answer the phone, I would stab myself in the face with these <laughs> shards of glass. So I was like, oh, I'll just stick a piece of wood on there. And uh, that, that was like the extent of it. It wasn't, oh my God, I'm going to start this huge, you know, multi-million dollar business and plant trees all over the world. It was, it was literally just, I don't want to stab myself in the face with glass. You know, <laughs> there was no grandiose vision here when, when it started. Well, as I uh, kind of showed these to friends and things like that, and people said, hey, I, you know, I'll buy one of those for 20 bucks or I'll buy that. I'll give you a case of beer for it. I said, huh, this is interesting. Um, so I was actually just about to go to grad school. I was just finishing up undergrad and had two full ride scholarships to go to grad school. And uh, I had sat down with both my mentors at the time, super successful architects, and said to them, I said, um, you know, hey, I have this business idea. Uh, I've sold like 20 units of these phone skins. Should I do that or should I go to grad school? And both of them without hesitation said, go start the business. You're going to learn more in two years than you ever will in grad school. Go start that business. So I did that. Uh, I turned down these full ride scholarships and my mom uh, almost killed me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, started the business. And about a couple months, I'd say two or three months after that decision, um, I had reached out to one of my buddies who, who also knew nothing about business. Again, I was an architecture major. Uh, my buddy was a kinesiology major. So neither wow. one of us knew what an invoice <laughs> was. Uh, neither one of us knew uh, what a P&L was. And, and, I mean, it was just, we, we were literally learning ground zero stuff. We were learning business 101. Um, but from that day forward, uh, you know, we had sat down at a couple weeks after we had met up and watched the Simon Sinek TED talk and really solidified that mission, which was absolutely critical and absolutely key for us, uh, moving forward. So you, your mentors give you the, the sage wisdom to defer business school, to start the business. I'm sure that you can confirm looking back on that now that that was the absolute best path, uh, where, like, what's the first thing you did when they say you hang up from that phone call and you say, okay, cool. I'm telling mom that I'm not going to grad school and I've got this idea. What was the first thing you did after that? I literally have no idea. My memory is really bad. Uh, <laughs> I honestly have no idea what I did right after that, but it was, I mean, it was hustle. You know, I help a lot of companies now. I, I help coach and mentor a lot of companies now Dude, that first year, two years is just pure hustle. You know, you could have the best business idea on the planet. Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to who hustles harder, you know, who is going to sling more wood phone cases, who's going to sling more IT solutions, who's going to sling more 
you know, bottles of wine, if you're sharing a wine subscription, it comes down to hustling. I'm sure you can attest to that as well uh, with the businesses you started. Um, but it, it, it's hustle. It's, it was sales for us. Mm. And your friend who you got involved, his name is? He's Kevin. Kevin. And you have this, like, what does that conversation sound like when you talk to Kevin and say, I want to go for this thing and I want you to be a part of it? Yeah, you know, it was for us, it was honestly just a really good energy thing. Uh, Kevin's one of my best friends and still is one of my best friends uh, today. He's not at the business anymore. I, I bought him out probably three or four years ago. He decided to go do something else in Boston. Um, and we're still best friends. And uh, we just had really good energy. And, um, you know, when I look back on, again, those early years of hustling and, and as I'm um, helping coach and, uh, you know, help other people start their businesses, you got to find some synergistic people. And sometimes that doesn't mean uh, the person that's going to be perfect to run your operations or the perfect that's going to be the, the person that's going to be perfect to run your, uh, you know, IT or whatever it is. Sometimes it's just someone that you really jive with and that you have good energy because a lot of those first, you know, the first year or two, a lot of times you just need someone that's going to jive with you and it creates positivity and creates energy because you just really need a lot of energy and dedication to that mission when you start. Mm. So did, I'm assuming that you use that uh, logic for hire number or person number three at the company, hire number two. Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And we are now at uh, employee number. You know, I don't technically know what employee number we're at. We, we have about 50 employees, just under 50 employees now. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're just under that HR threshold for, uh, right. for health insurance. So next year is going to be interesting. Awesome. Well, a challenge that you're up for navigating, I'm sure. What's uh, sure. on a personal level, what's something we'd be probably really surprised to know about you? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things, and, you know, I talk about it in the book too, um, and, I, and I've actually developed this kind of really easy tool to use Um it helps people organize their whys. Uh, it helps people organize their annual goals and, and uh, it helps people organize kind of who their circle is. I, I'm really a, a, a you know, basic uh, salt of the earth kind of guy. Um, you know, I, one of the goals of launching this book uh, is to help other people start companies like Woodchuck. Help them start companies or not, maybe not even companies, maybe just ideas or maybe a nonprofit or whatever it is to help them accomplish their own goals and help, help our planet. You know, the, the, the secondary tagline is how to start a business that will save our universe uh, mm -hmm. from the book. And, and really what I realized, you know, I've been very, very fortunate. I've got to travel to all seven continents, um, over 30 different countries. And what I realized when going to all these places and meeting all these incredible people is that holy shit, people have incredible ideas. The ideas in people's heads are so incredible that if everyone, if, if even 50%, if even 20% of the people that actually had ideas in their heads were able to launch those businesses and start those businesses, our world would be a completely different and, and, and exponentially better place to live. And, and with that realization, you know, because when I was traveling and people had these incredible ideas for water purification or, or um, you know, uh, energy harvesting or, um, you know, water rights uh, negotiation. It's just incredible, all these ideas. 
But the issue was so many people weren't doing those ideas. And I realized that there were these kind of three common misconceptions. One was, you know, people thought that they had to have a bunch of money to start a business or people thought that they had to have, uh, you know, the second one was people thought that they had to have a business degree to start a business. And then the final one was kind of just this general idea of failure and, and what failure really meant. Um, so I, I decided to write a book on that to help people uh, kind of get through those things and also uh, to kind of be a supplement to speaking as well and helping people get over those common misconceptions to get out there and do their ideas. So, you know, what, yes, one of the things that people probably don't know about me, I mean, I'm really passionate about helping other people start businesses. Um, You know, I'm not protective uh, of how we started our business. I wrote a lot about how we started our business in the book because I truly, truly feel that if people are able to take any inspiration from me being a super basic, you know, salt of the earth guy with absolutely no startup money, um, to launching now multiple different multi-million dollar companies, they can do it too. And I want them to do it and I want to help them do it. Mm. One of those three things you talked about was fear of failure. So give us a teaser from the book. Uh, how do you coach someone to get over that fear of failure? Cause that is paralyzing. Yeah. The, the fear of failure. I, so this is kind of the piece um, that I include in there and, and really dive deep into when I'm, when I'm talking, uh, is the one step concept. And it's this idea that failure is not fatal. Um, the, one of the biggest stories that I talk about is our failure in target stores. So about six months after we started, we launched into all 1800 target stores, which is, you know, we thought at that point, you know, we're going to be the next Richard Branson. Like this is huge. You know, we're going into target 1800 stores. It's going to be massive. In our first week, we only sold seven units across all 1800 stores we had raised friends and family's money uh, about sixty thousand dollars from friends and family you know these kind of micro loans um, to launch into these stores we only sold seven units our first week the second week same thing only about 10 units and uh it was a huge the, the the idea there was that we failed you know that was really the idea, if we wouldn't have been so dedicated to our mission of putting nature back into people's lives, we would have closed up shop right there. But we weren't. Our mission was, how do we put nature back into people's lives? So we didn't say, we're done. This is a failure. We said, we took one step in this direction, which was big box, and it was the wrong step. It was not the right step. But what did that do? What did that wrong step do? The only thing that that did was confirm for us at the time that big box was where we didn't need to be. We didn't need to be in big box and that wasn't going to be the best way for us to go. So we kind of stepped in a different direction and we stepped in the direction of B2B. We said, this isn't right. Let's try something else because we're here. We're dedicated to putting nature back into people's lives. We want to figure out how to put nature back into people's lives. We got to step in a different direction. So we stepped in the direction of making really custom, these same exact products, but for companies with their logos on them. And that was really, really successful. So we stepped another step in that direction. And we said, well, how do we get it even more customized? Maybe we put people's names on them. And we continued to take steps to evolve into what we are now. Um, but it was, it's that basic concept about not viewing uh, quote unquote failure as a failure, but just a step in a direction 
and you've identified that that's not the direction you want to go. So you step in the other direction, taking these small steps. One step philosophy. Love it. You can check out more about that inside Ben's book. Ben, what is uh like, what is doubt to you? Uh, I feel like there's a couple different camps when it comes to doubt. Some people say erase all doubt. Shouldn't have any of it. Some people say use it as a fuel. Where do you stand on doubt? You know, that's a good question. I, I, I don't even, I honestly don't even know. Cause I, I don't, uh, I don't ever use the word doubt. And when I think of doubt, the only thing I think, the only thing I think of is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I really have no connection to the, to that word. Um, I, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, another way to, I guess, answer the same question is uh, how do I feel about fear? Um, or how do you, you know, maybe use fear to drive you? Um, you know, I think a healthy amount of fear can, can help drive. Uh, but there's a certain point when fear can't propel you anymore and you need, uh, something deeper and something greater. And again, I think that was one of our biggest assets when we started the company was the fact that we really identified something that was greater than, than us, uh, you know, as humans, we identified a, a mission, um, that will continue on for hundreds of years past when we're dead. Um, and, and I really feel, I, I really feel great about that. And, and, uh, the fact that we were able to bring on other people, uh, that feel, as deeply, if not even more deeply about that mission as I do, um, really helps eliminate a lot of fears around that, uh, the, the fears of, you know, not succeeding. Yet the other piece about fear is really, it's related to the idea of failure, um, at least personally. And, uh, once I realized that, you know, failure is they're, they're yeah. The only failure that exists is your own definition of failure. Um, and if you don't have a definition of failure, if it's just literally a step in the wrong direction, that's uh, not very intimidating, you know? So uh, it kind of helps push the boundaries and helps you step out on the edge more often, I think. Mm. Awesome. Well, love, love talking ideas. Uh, and a lot of the content that our subscribers can find on you talks about some of the work Woodchuck has done and is currently doing. What are you excited about right now uh, on the, for the future of Woodchuck, where they're going, the future of Ben, where he's going? Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, from a Woodchuck USA perspective, um, you know, we've planted now 2 million trees all over the, all over the world. Um, and one of the things we kind of realized this last year, and again, we're continuously evolving. Um, you know, a lot of people think depending on what size of company you are, whether you're a smaller company like us or a larger company, a lot of people see from the outside, man, the company's got your shit together. They got, they know what they're doing. Everything's all together. And, and you know, the fact that matters, no one's got their stuff all figured out. You're, you're, you got to constantly be learning. One of the things we, we have continued, again, focus on with our dedication to how we put nature back into people's lives and our tree planting program um, is, it's, you know, it's super cool to say, hey, we, we planted millions of trees all over the planet. But what we're realizing is there's an opportunity to connect people even deeper to nature that we're, that we're you know, there's an opportunity there. And, and one of the biggest opportunities we learned is actually getting people's hands on dirt can completely transform their connection truly with nature. Um, you know, even more so than, than taking a hike or sitting out in nature, literally getting a person's hands on dirt is so, so transformational. So one of the things 
um, we implemented that I'm really excited about is uh, GrowPod within our office. And this, these quote unquote GrowPods are going to be expanding to our biggest corporate partners. And it's literally a, a, you know, a stanchion, a greenhouse, basically a mini greenhouse of trees that individuals at the company plant their own trees. They grow for about six months and then we take them uh, up to our larger facility in Northern Minnesota and then those eventually get planted, but it gets people connected with physically mm. planting a tree, a little seed and seeing that thing sprout up and grow. There's a deep, deep connection that happens uh, with that. And I, you know, I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't know the neurological, you know, connections, uh, uh, or, or there's a book called biophilia, you know, people's innate human, uh, connections with nature. I, I don't know all that stuff. All I know is that there's a super deep connection that happens when people are able uh, to plant trees. So that's one of the things I'm really excited about as we continue to grow and figure out how to connect people with nature um, is literally planting trees and, and getting people's hands on dirt as basic uh, wow. as that sounds. Um, and then one of the things, you know, personally I'm excited about, I, I've really enjoyed um, going out and speaking uh, and helping other people start their businesses uh, or just get more passionate and, and do the things that they wanted to do in life. Um, you know, I've, super, super blessed already. Uh, I've had so many people come up to me and tell me these incredible, amazing, uh, life transformations that they've done, uh, by either reading the book or hearing me speak, um, and getting on board with their mission, their passion, and truly being, you know, passionate about life. I had a person last week come in and, um, she has already lost, you know, I came in and spoke, uh, to her company. She's lost over 60 pounds, I think in two months, um, and she, she had a goal of skydiving. She's always wanted to skydive. And after I kind of talked about how I do goal setting and how I, you know, surround myself with the right people, she's been able to lose over 60 pounds and she plans on going skydiving in a month and a half. And I'm, I'm just, wow. you know, stories like that, that are so incredible. That's, that's what gets me jacked up. People experience in their life in the, in the best way possible. Dude, I love it, man. Great stuff there. Uh, grow pods. What an awesome idea. Uh, so how can someone bring a grow pod to their company? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually don't know the answer to yet, <laughs> just because it's such a new thing for us. Um, we're likely going to roll grow pods out with just um, our corporate partners first, our largest corporate partners that purchase woodchuck products. Uh, so, you know, the U.S. banks, uh, Red Bulls, et cetera, some of our large, or Zippo USA, some of our largest corporate partners that already purchase uh, woodchuck products. Um, but after that, you know, as the idea kind of evolves, I'm sure there's going to be more and more opportunity uh, to, to get these into companies. And I think that's really some a place that this is going to evolve to. Right on. So nature, bringing nature back into people's lives, um, huge, huge mission of yours personally, of your companies. Do you have any other, uh, problems that you're really passionate about solving the world causes you're really excited about furthering? You know, honestly, my biggest thing is truly and this might sound, uh, you know, cliche or whatever. I, I, I truly want, uh, these like nature spaces. I have a huge connection with nature. Like I do my best thinking, my best journaling when I'm out in nature. And my goal is that, you know, 300 years from now that the nature spaces on this planet, whether it's here in America or over in Saudi Arabia or in Bali, whatever it is, that they're in a better condition than they were right now. Um, you know, I want my great, 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 great grandkids to be able to run through Yosemite. Uh, and experience the type of waterfalls that I experienced or, you know, 
cruise to the Saudi Arabian desert. Maybe there isn't a, a bunch of trash in it. Uh, you know, um, that's truly my passion uh, because I just really enjoy nature and I want other people to kind of be able to experience um, in a better fashion, uh, even a lot of the places that I've been able to experience. You, you mentioned a couple really long-term visionary things there. Is there a legacy that, that you hope uh, years after you're gone that people say about, about Ben and the legacy he left? You know, I honestly don't, it'd be, it'd be super cool to say, you know, Oh, Hey, Hey, Ben held plant, you know, a couple hundred million trees or a couple billion trees. That'd be cool. What would be cooler is for people, you know, regardless of my name to experience um, a company that actually had a vision and a mission that truly changed the world in a positive way and to realize their own potential to change the planet uh, based on a story. Um, you know, I, I really hope that, uh, you know, and again, that's why I wrote the book. That's why I'm doing this stuff on the side is uh, to help other people understand that they have the potential to change the planet in a positive way. It is truly what I hope my legacy is or what I hope people take from, from my time on this planet. Mm. Uh, let us into the, the office for a second. What's, what's like something on your desk currently that is really challenging, frustrating you? You're waking up in the morning and thinking, man, I got to slay this dragon. Hmm. That is a good, that's a really good question. Um, no, I don't actually, this is a, this is going to be a totally random, but funny story. So I have one of the things on my desk is a motorcycle key. I have really, really bad luck with getting my stuff stolen. I've had three different motorcycles stolen in the last six months. I've had my uh, like $5,000 pedal bike stolen uh, two months ago. Like I just have really bad luck with getting stuff stolen. So one of the biggest things I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now is a solution uh, and a tracking solution that's satellite-based that has a small battery uh, that I can put on stuff to track my shit. <laughs> so, uh, there, there's tracking devices out there. I mean, obviously there's tiles, but tiles only work in a certain range and only if you have Wi-Fi. There's larger tracking devices um, uh, that are too big, that are visible. There's tracking devices, but they need to be hooked up to a hard uh, battery or there's ones that only last for two weeks. Um, so anyway, that's one of the things I'm dealing with right now. Hilarious. So you on the on the horizon here, guys. We've got a buy one plant one wooden case tracking device coming soon. Absolutely, absolutely. That's it. Sorry to hear about uh, some of the bad luck there. I hope. Uh, oh man, hey, that changes. It happens. It happens. Oh, wild. Um, wow, dude, man. So have have you been told before that you're a pretty interesting person? No, I haven't. Uh, but that that. Uh, I, I have not. Yeah, I think you are a pretty interesting, man. Uh, my team's been uh, doing some research on you, following the mission. We obviously had a uh, woodchuck bottle opener in uh, last quarter's Creative Good. I can tell you that it opens awesome. a bottle just as good on its most recent open as it did on the very first open. So the thing is quality. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. The quality product right there. Sure is. Uh, all right, let's, let's, uh, we can start to, to wrap this thing up. Uh, if you had 30 seconds to speak to the whole world and everyone could understand the language. It was translated. 
and you had this 30 second platform, what would you use it to say? The ideas that are in your head right now, the ones that you've been thinking about for years are 100% possible. You need to take one step right now within the next 30 minutes towards that. It could be an email. It could be a phone call. It could be spending five minutes to research more on it. But that idea that you've been thinking about, and you know the idea that I'm talking about is completely possible. You got to take one step every day. You got to check in on it every day. It doesn't have to be a big step. It can be a small, small step, but you can accomplish those things. That's what I'd say. Awesome. I love it. Ways we can connect with you. Uh, we can buy some woodchuck products. We can get our company to support woodchuck by buying some woodchuck products and planting some trees. Uh, we can check out the book. And uh, what are what are some other ways that we can connect with you, the mission, the company? Yeah, totally. Um, my website that has all my social handles and everything on it is just benvw.com. Um, so check out all my social handles on there because my social handles are super long because they're my last name. Uh, but yeah, check it out, benvw.com. And obviously follow us uh, at Woodchuck USA. Awesome, man. Uh, you guys heard it here. The ideas in your head are 100% possible. Take one step towards them. And Ben is a, a living, breathing testimony to this. Uh, ben, thanks for creating a company that matters. Thanks for furthering good causes in the world. Thanks for planting trees. Thanks for bringing nature back into people's lives. Just thanks for being a stand-up human being and making time for us today. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. All the best, man. Take care. Yep. Have a good one.